This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, let's see. I did something monumentous this past week. Uh, for the last mm, two months plus, something like that, uh, you may be aware of this. I have a beard. I wear a beard and mustache. Uh, and I... Uh, I, for about two months plus, something like that, uh, I had not trimmed my beard and mustache. Uh, well, I trimmed the mustache above my mouth because I, you know, I, I'm I'm not one of those guys that that is not bothered by the mustache kind of curling over the upper lip. I there are guys like that. I, I work with them, uh, and they, their mustaches are like that, and it I it doesn't bother them. And I go okay, but it it bothers me. So I always I keep it. I keep it trimmed to just above my upper lip, and I also give it a little space between the top of the mustache and the bottom of my nose. I also give it a little space in there because when I didn't, when I first started experimenting with mustaches and shit, uh, I would get the little whiskers that would go up into my nose, and that would tickle the nose, and I didn't like that. So doing this kind of keeps it away. Keeps it. It keeps it away from going up into the nose. I mean, it's bad enough. I got these nose hairs doing what they do. You know, this is something that your parents ought to tell you. If you're young, if you're a younger person out there, let me tell you, hair is going to start doing weird things as you get older. You'll start growing it. You know, your nose hairs will start getting as long as your, you know, as long as the hair as you think it be. They, I mean, it starts getting crazy. Your eyebrows start becoming caterpillars. You will you lose hair on the top of your head. Usually, if you're a guy, you'll start thinning. I mean, I've thinned a little bit, but luckily, I still have a fairly full head of hair, head of hair up there. But you know, it's going to do what it's going to do. I'm not going to wear a wig or get transplants or any of that kind of shit. So, and and you get hair coming out of your ears. Like, where the hell? And and my I've seen this on my dad. Hair hairs coming out the the bridge of his nose. You know, just right up right up at the tip or close to the tip. There's there's hairs coming. What the hell? Why does this happen? So, young people, you got something to look forward to. And I think it's I think it's largely the same with women. They get they start getting the hairs going crazy too, but uh, they tend to groom themselves differently because, you know, society forces them to. So, I don't know. Anyway, so, so maybe it's more of a male perspective of what's going on with hair. Because I am a male and I identify as such and, you know, and what are you going to do? So, anyway, I had been letting my my beard otherwise get get see how long it would go. You know, your hair apparently is 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 determined by your DNA. 
to go to a certain length. You know, like your arm hairs don't keep growing past a certain length. The, your, your, you know, you know, your eyebrows start to grow longer, but they get to a certain length. Yeah, they, they, they don't keep going. You're, and the hair in your head, you, if you just never cut your hair, it would get to a point where it would stop growing. Some people, that point is a lot longer than others. Some people, like your fingernails, if you never clip your fingernails, they, they will get to a point where they'll stop growing. Some people have a real long point before they get there. I believe that's true about fingernails. If I'm wrong, let me know. Email me at, dear, at, doc, uh, at drdim at dimland.com. D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. By the way, check out uh, the show notes page, which is at dimland.com. And I am coming, uh, recording this show once again from the basement of Nostalgia Zone, comics and collectibles. Uh, we are a comic book store here in Minneapolis. And if you are into comic books, check out our website, nostalgiazone.com. You can become a member of our membership. You can save 10%, earn points toward future purchases. You you can get either uh, even better deals on other things like we've got a sale going on right now through tomorrow where you get an extra 20% off of some items so you know hey if you're a member it's, it's it, it can pay and uh, we've got all kinds of comic books going back uh, as far as the golden age but we really specialize more so in silver age to modern age books and we've got DC Marvel we've got Westerns war comics horror comics um, um, horror comics <laughs> And uh, romance comics, hey, and we've got uh, funny stuff like Archie stuff, and and we've got the dreaded Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I personally don't care for them. That's just me, but they're very popular, and I can't, as a person who enters the the stock online here for our store, whenever I get us come up across a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book. I know that's going to take me much longer to get entered because it's got so much more typing to do. And I'm, I don't know how to type. I took art classes. I didn't take typing classes. So, anyway, if you like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, check out our website. Become a member of our membership. And that's the commercial that I've done for this week. Because I do the show in our basement, so I should do something for the store. What was I talking about? So, anyway, so I, your, your, your hair, you know, you're genetically kind of like programmed that your hair grows to so long. So I was thinking, well, let's see how how long my beard will get. Sort of on a dare or just a, a, a challenge for an interesting experiment by some co-workers. Say, well, why don't you try it? Let's see, you know, see how long. Okay, oh, it's been a couple of weeks since I shaved, trimmed it. So let's keep going. And I went just over two months and I hated it. It's just too, I was looking too scruffy. I was beginning to look like a mountain man. Now, of course, I get my hair cut on the top of my head, so it didn't look completely like a mountain man. And then I wasn't wearing leather and, and you know, like buckskin or whatever that the mountain men would wear and, and, and grizzly furs and didn't have necklaces made of, of bear claws and, you know, why you'd want donuts around your neck, I don't know. But anyway, so... Uh, I, I did it for a while, and I just it just was getting too much. So I announced at work. I said, "Well, I, I I'm going to be. This is going to get trimmed. This is going back to the way I like it. I like a fairly trim beard, mustache kind of thing. I, I that's that's what I like, and I like it shaped a certain way, and that's that's what I like. So I'm going to go back to that. I said, and one of the guys I worked with said, "Hey, why don't you just uh, you know shave it all the way down, all the way down to bare face, shave it all off." And I looked, and he said, I'll give you a buck if you do it. He still owes me a buck, by the way. Because I think I'll let you know what I did. Uh, and I told him, I said, hey, uh, that's probably not a bad idea just to start from scratch. And 
literally there will be some scratching involved because after about a week or so of not shaving you're, you start to get the itches you know it starts to itch because the hair gets to i don't know what it is like it starts i don't know i don't know why it is it just gets itchy after about a week or so but only that only lasts like a day or two and then and then you're fine so that's what i did I just got. I took out my beard trimmer. I took the 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 length the length guide off of it, so it's just the you know the, the little shaver blade going you know across uh, my face, and just took it off. And then I got out my my razor and 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 shaving cream, and I just took scraped the rest of it off of my face. I look younger, I guess. Uh, I look meaner. <laughs> I think uh, my chin isn't as strong as it appears to be when I have a beard. Uh, not that I have a very weak chin. It's just that it just doesn't seem. I don't know. It's just I. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I just like my face better with a beard and a mustache on it. I just like it better. So, uh, so I, of course, after I finish shaving, I am immediately growing back the beard. It's it's coming back now. I'll do the little trimming that I do to shape it the way I like it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm a. Uh, yeah, I'll put the pictures up of the before and after that I put on Facebook. If you're a Facebook friend, you've already seen them. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, uh, yeah. but it's coming back now. And also, I've noticed when I look at it, uh, the the whiskers that are coming out, a lot of them seem to be colored white. So I I had a lot of gray beard in my beard. I had a lot of gray there. Uh, uh, so maybe there's going to be more when it comes in. I don't know. We'll see. And I'm not one of those guys. I like the gray in my hair. I like the gray in my beard. I'm not one of those guys that wants to cover it up. If you if you don't like the gray in your hair and you don't like the gray in your beard and you want to color it, go for it. That's your it's your look. It's your face. You do what you want. You know, it's just for me. Don't like it. And you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a tribute to my mother. Kind of. See, my mom, uh, uh, who died last year in June. Um, so we've been having a year of firsts. Uh, her first birthday went by a couple weeks ago. You know, the first birthday without her. And that was, I had some rough moments that day. And next week, on Thursday, is going to be the first uh, anniversary, wedding anniversary, that has gone by with mom not here. They would have been married 66 years uh, next this coming Thursday, March 2nd. Astrologers, put your charts away. Uh, and, you know, they made it 65 years plus before um, before she died and dad is you know he's dealing with it it's not easy uh, his emotions are just up below the surface he it doesn't take much to get him you know to get him to start to tear up and that's that's coming from a guy who was not the kind of guy you would see cry often she <laughs> just did not I think like twice in my life prior to mom dying maybe a couple other times maybe a, you know, four or five times in my life I'd seen him uh, either get close to crying or break down a little bit. Uh, it's usually very quick, and it's just he, he gets it back together. But uh, he's, you know, and I just tell him, Dad, you're doing the best you can. You know, it was a long life together, and it's, you know, uh, when when Valentine's Day came, that's when my mom's birthday was, was Valentine's Day. Again, astrologers, you know, don't even bother. She's not with us anymore, so doing some chart for her isn't going to help. Uh, uh, she... Yeah, that I had moments that day. I, I, I listened to my Spotify. I listened to some. Uh, I listened to a, a best of uh, Don Williams. He's a country music singer. Uh, really good. I have some bumpers of his music uh, that I use, uh, and uh, uh, for the show, I should say. Um, 
I listened to that because mom really liked it. I, I, I had the CD and I put it on a cassette tape for them because their car at the time was using cassettes. And they went, they would go on little road trips and they'd listen. And mom said, Oh, just love that Don Williams. Just love that stuff. Just love it. And so I, you know, listened to that thinking of my mom. And so I had moments that day at work just where, you know, I got real quiet. And, uh, you know, but hey, <sighs> love my mom. Anyway, my mom did not get gray hair. Well, she had a strand or two in there, but she did not. She she had dark hair, uh, kind of a dirty brown, dark kind of... It was lovely on her, because it was my mom. But, you know, it's not, nothing... It's not a flashy hair color, nothing... You know, she just... That's she just had that. One of the one of the last pictures I have of her was a family gathering of just a just like three weeks before she died, something like that. Um, we're at the family gathering at mom and dad's place. We're playing Yahtzee, and there's a picture of mom uh, with dad on one side and my sister on the other. And she's just you know she's looking very old and frail, but she's playing, having a good time, and she has this dark head of hair. <laughs> It's, it's it's incredible. She's she was 85, and uh, she would you know she would have this joke with people. I think I've told it before on the show, but she would have this joke with people. They would ask her, uh, you know, because they find out how old she is. So the once for one thing, they would think she was at least 20 years younger than she was. Anytime they say, "Wait a minute, you're how old?" and she said, "What if she was?" She, they they say, "You know, I hope I'm not being rude." Uh, maybe they didn't say that, but they, if they say, "Do you do you color your hair?" And my mom, my mom's answer was, no, I don't color my hair. She said, if I colored my hair, would I pick this color? <laughs> Which is what she would say. And so my having gray, because she used to tease me. She'd go, she'd go, no, you've got more gray hair than I've got. Yes, mom, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm a lot taller than you are, too. So, yeah, it balances out, I think. <laughs> anyway, so, but she would she'd do that. So I, I like my gray, and I wear it in honor of my mom. Does that make sense? I don't know. I just like my gray. I figured I earned it. And speaking of earning gray hairs, living in Minnesota <laughs> in winter, and it's still winter. Don't forget, it's still winter. Somebody on Facebook, a friend of mine, posted because he this person lives out uh, in in the in Maryland somewhere, and they haven't been having much of a winter. They've had warm temperatures, barely any snow. It's it's been it's been not a winter and he said this is the winter that wasn't winter or something like that and i said yeah and we're living through the winter that never ends because and that's what we say every year here in minnesota we're in the winter that never ends i think there was a winter in 1987 over that that uh, 86 to 87 uh, that course of that year there was a winter that was just so warm we barely got any snow all the storms either either tracked us uh, north of us or south of us being the twin cities i mean us being the twin cities we barely got a winter barely had a winter that year and and that, that was one year where he's boy did we get off easy and then lately the snowfall doesn't happen until later on until getting real close to christmas but this year this winter this season started you know in 2022 and now it continues in 2023 we've been getting shit tons of snow and i mean two weeks ago it was raining it rained for like 12 hours one day. I had a friend of mine get water in his basement. He says it's only the second time he's had water in his basement. And it, the last time he had water in the basement, he said like in 25 years living in that house, the, the, the other time he had water in the basement was because it was raining in winter. 
and the water's got nowhere to go. The ground's frozen. There's snow all over the place. There's nowhere to go. So it finds its way into houses, into the basements that maybe it doesn't normally find. Now, our house, we get water in the basement all the time. I mean, if the if a bird in the neighbor's bird bath gets a little rigorous with their bathing and splashes some water on the ground, we get water in the basement. All right, that's the, we just get water in the basement all the time. You know, so it's, and I can't afford fixing it, and so the house will eventually fall down, I guess. But you know, what are you going to do? So, so this, so in January we had a three-day snowstorm. That, that dumped like 16 inches of snow on us. And, and it, at least what I cleared was about 16 inches of snow. And then this time, we had snowmageddon coming. We knew it was coming. It's going to start Tuesday night. There's going to be a lull. It's going to go into Wednesday morning, and then there's going to be a lull for a little bit on Wednesday. And then it's going to come storming back on Wednesday afternoon, and it's going to continue overnight into Thursday, and it's going to finally end on uh, uh, on th- you know Thursday morning or midday. It'll finally end, and in the Twin Cities metro area, we're going to have anywhere from 16 to 22 inches of snow. And we just went, oh, lovely. Isn't that great? I mean, this is something, at least we get to know it's coming. We can prepare for it. So the first wave comes through, and it got into the lull. So I went out and I shoveled after the first wave, and I estimated it was about four inches of snow. Didn't measure it, just figured, yeah, that's about four inches. So got it, everything cleared off, and then later the second wave started coming through. And it, it went, and it went into the next day. Uh, we took Thursday, Wednesday off of work. We took Thursday off of work. Just didn't want to deal with it. You know, maybe you know, we could have gone into work on Wednesday and left early because the snow, the second wave didn't start until like 2 o'clock. We could have just left early and come home. But, yeah, whatever. But Thursday, so it finishes snowing at about noon, and I went out to shovel it at 2, and I measured, and it was 8 inches on the ground. So that I figured that's 12 inches for what we took care of, and in the aftermath of the storm, according to the totals that I saw, I looked up in St. Paul officially, uh, it was 12 inches of snow. So I said, "Hey, I measured it right, and that's what we got." But there were areas in the Twin Cities that got 15, 16. There was one place that got like 21 inches of snow. So there were areas that get did get the big snow. And let me tell you, <laughs> hopefully it's the end. Hopefully we're done. But we're not because we've got March to get through, and and it can snow in April too. It can snow in May, in, in the Twin Cities. So you know we're not done yet. Uh, and I just want to give you this um, normal average snowfalls for a season in the Twin Cities is it, the total is about 52 inches. Yeah, you know, I've I've seen it. it uh, a friend was doing some research on it. He said some places say 50, some places say 54. So let's split the difference and say 52 inches of snow. Well, we passed that up by mid-January. That storm in mid-January that dropped to 16 inches in our area, uh, you know, that put us past it. And right now, I think, uh, did I write it down? Right now, the official season snow total is 70.4 inches. Now, I know there are places in, like, Buffalo, New York, and the mountains in California, and in, and, in, and in Colorado and other places with mountains that get snow in the mountains, they can get 70 inches of snow in one snowfall. Maybe, maybe not Buffalo, but close. But for us, it's, a, it's just a pain in the ass. The streets were just beginning to become passable. You know, they weren't all lumpy because you know, a lot of melting was going down. Remember, it rained in the middle of February. And then 
this happens and it's it, it's the it's the dry fluffy snow notice i didn't say light because <laughs> because there was a lot of it and even if it's dry and fluffy it's still heavy because there's a lot of it but we got dug out and we're gonna survive <laughs> but who knows how much snow i mean it used to be uh the averages worked out for for many years back when i was a kid it used to be said that uh march was our snowiest month up here and it used to be but they figured out these averages going on 10-year chunks they they look back 10 years each year they look back 10 years and they do the averages and sometimes it changes so the last i heard january was the snowiest month for us but by an inch or two above march or something like that well we'll see what march does we'll see what, you know heck we're not even done with february yet so who knows but it's been a pain in the ass. <laughs> what hasn't been, or well, what isn't a pain in the ass, is me getting to take a break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. When, oh, when will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Um, I, 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 not that people have been clamoring to hear about this, but my show is somewhat predicated on the idea that I'll talk skepticism on it. Maybe not every show, but sometimes I'll talk skepticism. So I thought I'd dedicate a, 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 at least a small segment of this show, uh, this particular show that you're listening to right now, uh, unless you're listening to some other show, then you won't hear me saying. Oh, sorry, sorry, just sorry, going on a weird tangent. Anyway, I should say something skeptical about uh, this this phenomenon that's been taking place recently. We have the Chinese balloon 
surveillance balloon that floated over the country and then once it got uh, in, in an area where it wasn't so dangerous uh, to shoot it down our military shot it down and of course the GOP goes all crazy because you know why didn't you shoot it down immediately why didn't you well you know it's got this apparatus underneath it which is the length of uh, like three school buses and you want to drop that on people possibly no we, we don't want to do that but then but then all of a sudden three more objects are spotted in the air and the military shoots them down and you know and then of course that leads to the inevitable, well, the space aliens are coming. They're UFOs, which UFO, when you say something's a UFO, what do you think? When somebody says UFO, what comes to your mind? Does the, does the, the, does the uh, idea of an unidentified flying object come to your mind? Is that what you think? You think, oh, it's something that's up in the air that we can identify or readily identify or somebody can identify so they call it a UFO. Is that what you think? No! What you think is an alien spaceship. A spaceship from another planet or possibly another dimension. But that's what you think. Or maybe not you. Maybe you're special. Maybe you're like me and realize that the U and UFO stands for unidentified. So calling it an alien spacecraft is not identifying it it's not making it, I mean, it's not making it unidentified. You're saying, I don't know what it is, therefore I don't I do know what it is. It's an alien spacecraft from another world. So I should say something about these objects that have been shot down. Okay. I'm not saying it was aliens because it wasn't. All right? We may not be sure what exactly they are, but they ain't space aliens from another planet or another dimension or anywhere else. Okay? There you go. I don't think I really have to go into any more than that. Do I? So, okay. Um, I have been doing kind of a, 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 a casual deep dive or binge of old Siskel and Ebert television shows. There's a channel on YouTube that has a whole buttload of them. And what they do is, whoever put this together, now I don't know if this is a way to get around the uh, algorithms of YouTube or, uh, YouTube or something, but they, they have, a, they, they have a, uh, like artwork on the screen where, where it shows a, it's, it's a, it's a photograph of a television set of an old-fashioned type television set and then it's got some like stained glass type stuff on the sides of it it's just to make it look nostalgic or something and the screen of the television set is is where the video for uh the siskel and ebert show plays so you so you, you don't get so if you if you enlarge the 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 viewing window to your full screen you still don't get a full screen of of those guys, you get the full screen of the photograph of the TV and the little design elements around it, and the guys on the screen. That's what they do. Now, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if that's a way of getting around something, but I've been watching them. And they're great. I miss those guys. There were two shows, two television programs in the 1980s that I needed to see. I needed to watch them. Two shows. It was Siskel and Ebert, and uh, and lifestyles of the rich and famous. I had to, no, I, I, I hated that show. It was it was Siskel and Ebert, whatever it was. It was either Siskel and Ebert at the movies, uh, sneak previews, uh, whatever you know, whatever they would call it. Um, 
it was that show and Late Night with David Letterman. Those are the two shows in the 80s that I just, I had to see. Now, with Letterman being on, at first, he was on uh, Mondays through Thursdays, Monday night through Thursday night, and then on Friday night, there'd be Friday night videos or something. And, and then eventually, he expanded to going Monday to Friday. Uh, from what I understand, his production, the way they produced the show, they would do two, record two shows on Thursday. So they would do the Thursday show and then the Friday show on Thursday. And then they would, you know, and then he'd have his Fridays off still. And, and, and I, you know, when it was just Monday through Thursday, I would only miss the Tuesday show. Because every Tuesday I'd be going to First Avenue to, uh, for a particular night that they, they called it Club Degenerate Night. And there was just music, for, you know, punk music and cool music and, and post-punk stuff and the kind of stuff I was into at the time, and still am, uh, they would be playing that. So I would give up my Tuesday nights of David Letterman. And I was lucky that they didn't have the Friday nights with David Letterman yet, because that would be a drinking night for me. <laughs> uh, but when it was drinking night, sometimes I would get done with the drinking part uh, early enough to get home and uh, watch David on his Friday show when it did happen. But I, So I would miss a show or two, uh, at least one a week, because of the Tuesday thing. Anyway, those are the two shows that I had to watch. I just, I, I needed to watch them. It, my week didn't feel complete if I didn't get to see Siskel and Ebert. And, and sometimes during college football season, the channel that played Siskel and Ebert, when, once it got off of PBS, would sometimes preempt the show because there'd be some college game that wouldn't be over when it's supposed to be over. And I'd be like, Grias, <laughs> and I'd miss that week. Or they might replay it like, at two in the morning or something, and I, I might catch it, but I doubt it. But most of the time I didn't. So there's this whole slew of these shows on there that that shows these guys, you know, uh, they're, you know, when they're younger and how animated they got to be when they would talk with each other and they disagree with each other and how animated they'd get when they agreed with each other. I mean, these, you know, it was fun to watch them. It was, it, they they were they were great. It was it was just this. You know, who knew you could make celebrities out of film critics? I mean, sure, there was Rex Reed, but he was more of a, I don't know, a celebrity because of his personality, not because of what he did. But Siskel and Ebert, of course, their personalities fed into it, but it's, they were movie critics, and that's what they became famous about that. And there was something about the dynamic of the two of them that just really worked. Unless you watch the first episode that they did together. Their very first one, which I think they did for uh, a public television station in Chicago because they're both out of Chicago working for rival papers. They were rival critics. And then they get they got the two of them together to review the movies. And I can't remember what they called the shows. It was like, it's like At Theaters Now, I think it was called. Something like that. Something that wasn't as interesting as Sneak Previews or you know, Siskel and Ebert. You know, at the movies. But so the, the two of them were set up, and, and if you watch this, I'll find it, and I'll link it link to it on the show notes. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes blog, and you'll get to the show notes. I'll link to uh, that very first episode. And and where do you see Gene Siskel? <laughs> that man has mutton chops, and he's got a biker mustache that's just, you know, like the guy from the, the Village People, that mustache. My goodness. And he had that for a little while, and then that, that went away. And you know, and then his look became the look that we all recognize him by. But he was, uh, uh, you know, he was still, you know, a little thin on top with the hair. But he had a little bit longer on the sides, and he had the big, you know, sideburns and that mustache. My goodness. And 
if if you if you've ever watched Siskel and Ebert, you will know that uh, the way they would talk, especially especially Roger, Roger was very much a talk with their hands, kind of you know throwing out his hands at you and 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 doing these gestures all the time and and twirling his hand around and that and 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 Gene was more of a kind of a point 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 kind of guy he would he would sort not exactly point at Roger but he would have that that one hand would come out and he just kind of either hold up all the fingers or, or he'd hold up one and he just you know he just that's the kind of guy he was and he would he would put his chin out and he'd talk like that and, and they would get animated right and that first show the two of them are sitting there facing each other in these these tall chairs and uh, uh, and Roger whose hair is much longer at that time too uh, although no facial hair, he's got a clip uh, like a clipboard on his lap where he's got notes written down, and and Gene's got the same thing, and they are I mean Roger especially is so sedate, so so quiet, so unanimated. It's a it's it's really something because you could it, it's the there's a certain uncomfortableness between the two of them because like they, they knew each other but you know and then they were they were they became friends over the years but they were always in this little competition with each other but you know they, and they had respect for each other but they, they each thought that they were the better film critic than the other so and, and it just it was it was uh, uh, an interesting dynamic but that first show it, it, there's more of a, this this quietness because they're being polite to each other or something, something that they they learned that they could drop. Um, uh, there's a there's a secret they told once on a, one of the talk shows that they went on. I don't know if it was the Tonight Show with Johnny or if it was on David Letterman's show, but one of the talk late night talk shows they went on. They talked about something that they do just before the cameras start rolling in order sort of to get themselves on the same page mentally, and they would do pat, a patty cake. You know, and they would do peas, porridge, hot, peas, porridge, cold, peas, porridge in the pot, nine days old. They would do that with each other, doing that patty cake with each other, (laughs) slapping each other's hands, and then they that sort of got them into here we go. Uh, And and there's there's some outtake stuff of the two of them ripping on each other and being you know pretty vulgar and uh, uh, and all that. But they and they're having a great time doing it to each other, needling each other. Uh, it's fun to watch. I'll see if I can find that clip too and, 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 and put it on the uh, show notes page. But I certainly will get that first episode. But the other reason I wanted to bring that up, bring up the Siskel and Ebert thing, is that whether it was uh, sneak previews on the PBS channel when they went to the national PBS broadcasting, which is when I found them, my sister actually said, hey, have you seen the show? This, uh, these two guys review movies. And I oh, really? And I started watching it, and I really got into it. And, and anyway, so then they moved into syndication, and they, it started being called Siskel and Ebert at the movies, or, you know, they had other titles. And and then over the years, you know, Gene died in 99, I think it was, and then it was Richard, uh, it was uh, Ebert and Roper. Richard Roper came in. And now they were pretty good together, but not, it just didn't have the same dynamic as Siskel and Ebert, because Ropers tend to... Uh, give in to the elder statesman film critic. He, he would disagree, but there was there was a little. He had a, a bit more of the reverence toward Roger than than either Gene or Roger had toward each other, and that, and that fed into that wonderful dynamic that worked so well for so long between the two of them in, in doing movie criticism. But there's one thing that I noticed. In watching some of these, and I go I, back in like '76, and it, it, it goes in years in between. You know, since then, I'd be watching these shows. 
it's not every show, but it's often. The, especially the summer shows. They would go, what is the problem with Hollywood? All they seem to give us is sequels and remakes. Sequels and remakes. They were saying it in 1977. They were saying it in 1979. They were saying it in 81. They were saying it in 86. They were saying it all the damn time. The more things change, the more they stay the same, right? <laughs> it's just... I, apparently, that's always been the thing of Hollywood. At least from some point, at least from the mid-70s when they started doing film criticism on television. Because you were, you were bound to hear it. If you, if you could watch every year, all shows of every year that they did it, I'm sure that there would be at least one show, probably plenty more, each year in which one or the other or both are, complain about how every year Hollywood, all they do is they give us sequels and remakes. Sequels and remakes. It's it's fun. It's a it, it's still a, it's a fun show. These guys are great. You should check it out. They're they're it's a cool thing that there's all these things on there. There's, it's, it's a whole bunch of them. Some of the video quality isn't is better than others, but it's you know come on, <laughs> it's it's it, you can still see what's going on and you still hear it and and they have movie clips and it's 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 great to just like get the take of a movie like Apocalypse Now when it was new. <laughs> they review it when the movie was new. I can't remember now. I think Gene didn't like it or didn't recommend it, and Roger did. Oh, and by the way, they go far enough back where it's a yes or no as whether to see the movie. It was before the thumbs up, thumbs down. That didn't take place right at the beginning. There were years that went by before they got to the idea, hey, we should do a thumbs up, thumbs down thing. And I think it was Roger's wife that suggested, you guys should do like a, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. You should, you should do that. And so they did that, and that became their thing, and it became something that I think they trademarked. You know, that that other other uh, movie critics couldn't use the thumbs up thumbs down thing. It was just Siskel and Ebert that were allowed to use it. I think I think that's what they did. So anyway, it looks like I got to another break. Look at that, got to another break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Let make sure I got to make sure the next break is set up. Oh, that's the old one. Oh, I, you don't want to hear those things again. You want to hear the new ones. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be right back. For a long time I felt without style or grace. Wearing shoes with no socks in cold weather. I knew my heart was in the right place. I knew I'd be able to do these things. As we watch it. We'll all be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. In 
influenza season is upon us and it can be a killer. But it's not too late to vaccinate. Usually most cases of influenza in Minnesota don't even occur until January or February and the season lasts all the way through April. Get a flu shot now and you'll protect not only yourself but those around you. See your doctor or visit mdhflu.com to find a flu clinic near you. This message from the Minnesota Department of Health. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Let's see, what else have I got for you? <clears throat> Speaking of dogs, I've noticed this. And, geez, I wonder why. Uh, Amy and I will watch shows on TV. You know, we'll watch movies. We'll watch documentary series, as is, or just a straight-up, you know, one documentary thing. We'll watch uh, TV shows. We'll watch all kinds of things, right? And it seems like, and again, this is a perception thing. It just seems like this. It's not exactly this, but it seems like any time there's an outdoor scene uh, in a, uh, a neighborhood, you know, there's houses around, it, be it a suburban neighborhood, a a urban neighborhood or maybe even somewhere out in the country but there's a house or a farm or something nearby in which there are people living you will hear the sound of dogs barking so many times there's a dog barking just 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 watch pay attention it's not every time it seems like it it seems like it when you have a dog we have a little dog, Edna. She's adorable. And she feels it necessary to respond to every dog she hears barking on a TV show. She also feels that she needs to respond to any door knock and any doorbell ring. She has to respond. I don't know what she's saying to the dogs. She might be saying, hey, you might think you're hot shit because you're on TV, but, you know, <laughs> whatever she's saying. She's just, we would be watching a show and like a, a cop is approaching a house. You know, no, no big deal. Just going up to a house just to, you know, see if there's anybody in it. And there's a dog barking in the background. We were watching this documentary series. It's three parts. It's called uh, Stolen Youth. Oh my goodness. It's a, it's a story of uh, these uh, seven or eight college kids nine college kids, whatever, that are living in a house, and one of them has the, her father kind of move into this house with them, and he starts a cult. Not all the kids are, you know, some of the kids get out, they, 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 but uh, but some of them don't. And boy, the, the job this guy did messing those kids up, is it's amazing. 
but there's outdoor scenes, there's an outdoor sequence in a neighborhood, and there's a dog barking. And I think that some of them are legit. There's a dog somewhere nearby and it's barking, like in a documentary. But I think that many of them throw the sound in there. They put it in there for whatever reason. I think it's to get my dog upset, so she starts barking. Now, she'll bark longer than the scene with the dog barking in the background lasts. She'll keep going. You know, what to pause it and say, it's done. The dog's gone now. You can go back to lay down. Here, lay down. Quiet down. We're trying to watch this. It's, it's like, I, 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 it seems like it's every time. It's not. But, oh, <laughs> never noticed that before, before we had Edna. Maybe I noticed it back when we had our dog years ago. We had Quigley. Maybe I noticed it then. It may, but may, I, I don't know. I don't know if Quigley reacted quite the same way. But, boy, I tell you, Edna hears a bark on the TV. She thinks it's a challenge. <laughs> and she jumps up. If she sees a dog on the TV, she runs up and does some cute stuff, like standing up and looking at it and like, what are you doing? She does that with cats, too. Doesn't it on your phone. If I show her a, a dog on the phone, you know, a video of a dog doing something on the phone, she doesn't react. But on the TV screen, apparently it's big enough picture where she can see it and, you know, I don't know. I'm just, it's just something. <laughs> uh, speaking of dogs, <clears throat> uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor, crazy Aunt Margie. Oh, she's going to be our president one day. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, why not? We should have a, a crazy person at the helm, shouldn't we? She wants to separate the, the nation. She wants us to have a national divorce. She's calling for sedition, isn't she? Isn't that what she's doing? Isn't that treasonous? Isn't that wrong? She's saying the red states and the blue states should separate. Of course, that's not going to work out very uh, economically well for the red states because the red states, most of them are the poor states and the ones that don't pay into the federal income tax, uh, you know, into the federal taxes. They, they take from the federal money and the blue states are the ones that are paying in. See, the blue states are supporting the red states. Not all of them, but most of them. And those states that the blue states aren't supporting are starting to kind of turn blue. Some of them, uh, like like Georgia, started is going blue. Hey, that's where Crazy Aunt Marjorie's from. Crazy Aunt Marjorie, the one that you would see at Thanksgiving, that would give out these stupid ideas. It would just be going on about crazy stuff. But we just go, okay, that's nice, Aunt Margie. That's that's great. Pass some baked potatoes, please, or mashed potatoes, or whatever we got on the table here. Can I have some more turkey, please? <clears throat> But no, she's now she's in Congress and she's on committees. <laughs> she was taken off committees when the Democrats were in charge of the of the House, but now that they're not, and because you know Kevin McCarthy so wanted to be Speaker of the House, he made a deal with the devil. Well, no, let's not insult the devil. He made a deal with the crazies of the Republican Party. Look, if you just vote for me or vote present so that I can get enough votes so that I'm Speaker of the House, I'll do what you want me to do. It only took 15 votes. So the crazy said, we want to be on some plum committees. You know, like the Oversight Committee and the Homeland Security Committee, which Crazy Aunt Marjorie's on. What better committee for her? You know, she she was she and Lauren and, and slow cousin Lauren Bobert 
were on uh, this. They, they were they they the Republicans brought the executives from Twitter up in front of them and want and and these two in particular whined and complained about how they were taken off or t- their tweets were taken off that you know just had misinformation about COVID, misinformation about the 2020 election. You know, that kind of stuff. And then stuff's taken down by quack doctors who say that ivermectin works for, for, for COVID. It doesn't. Or that hydroxychloroquine works for COVID. It doesn't. You know, ivermectin works for parasites. And hydroxychloroquine, or queen, I've heard it's called both, works for malaria, but it doesn't work for COVID. So Twitter made these rules and said, you can't, you can't be posting this kind of stuff. We're going to take them down. They held up some information about Hunter Biden's laptop for 24 hours. And then they posted stuff. And the Biden administration, or the Biden people, they went to the administration at that time, the Biden campaign reached out to Twitter and said, hey, do you mind not posting this, this particular post, putting this up, which has links to pictures of my son's dick? Do you mind not doing that? And they said, "Yeah, we could we could not do that." And the, apparently, the Republicans just really want to take a look at Hunter Biden's dick. So they're up there whining and complaining. And I, you know, there's a longer talk in here <laughs> that I, I don't have time to get to. There's a longer talk in here, but it 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 it, it goes to uh, All in the Family. Remember that sitcom, All in the Family. And the, the, the star of the show was Carol O'Connor, and the lead character he played was Archie Bunker. And Archie Bunker was a bigot. Uh, uh, you could call him a racist. He was, he was a misogynist. He was a bully. But he had a, goal, a heart of gold. And he had the capacity to learn. That was part of the brilliance of the show, that he had the capacity to learn and change. Because over the years, he did a little bit. And he had his son-in-law, who he called Meathead. Again, he was a bully. He had his son-in-law, who was an intellectual, liberal, who battled Archie all along the way. That's why you could have Archie Bunker on TV then. Also, the the the, the tolerances of the American public were different then. They they would put up with a guy who talked the kind of bigoted bigoted nonsense that 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 Archie did, but he was always the butt of the joke of it. And they said that it was they did that that way then, so that. Yeah, you couldn't make All in the Family now because the country doesn't accept that anymore. Because part of what All in the Family did was to teach the country, the, the, the people living in this country, that this kind of thinking is wrong. We shouldn't celebrate this. This is wrong. We should laugh at it. We should ridicule it. And we should have Meathead pushing back all the time. So the country moved away from that kind of thing. That's why... You can't do it now because the country won't tolerate it. That's progress. Oh, my first amendment, blah, blah, blah. But something that Archie would do is when his wife, Edith, who he called Dingbat, again, Archie was a bully, Edith would be telling stories, and Archie would do this pantomime of killing himself. Either he'd either tie up a rope into a noose, put it around his neck, and he'd pretend to hang himself. Or he'd pretend to be loading a gun and shoot it, put it in his head and shoot it, you know, you know, shoot himself. You know, and the audience would laugh at this, but, and Edith would just go, would carry on telling whatever story that Archie didn't want her to tell. So, 
<laughs> All right. There's a longer talk in there, but, uh, but maybe that's suffice of what I just said. But the pantomime thing. Now, I have a fantasy that I would have been one of the Twitter executives brought up before Crazy Aunt Margie and Slow Cousin Lauren and and be brought up that you know pretty but you know got away, got by by being pretty Lauren I'm sorry maybe that is that is that kind of is that is that a problem is am I being patriarchal maybe and she look she's not very bright anyway the two of them whining about their tweets being taken down, and other people's tweets being taken down, and whining about yo know, my free speech and all that kind of shit, right? And I, I would now I wouldn't pantomime killing myself. I wouldn't do that. What I would do is I'd pretend to reach under the desk and pick up this this case, and I'd open up a couple of clips and open up the lid of the case. And with my left hand, I would take out this apparently thin thing at the end of at the left end of this of this thing I'm taking out of there and hold that in my left hand and I take the other part out and I take the bottom part the right part of it and I put it along on my left shoulder and I'd kind of lean my head on it right so I'd be holding with my left hand and my shoulder and my chin okay holding you getting the picture there and then I with my right hand I would turn a knob at the end by the where my left hand is holding I turn a knob a little bit and then I might pluck something like a like a string and then I would take pretend to take out of the case something straight and long I take that and I'd start to run it across top you know like a violin and I'd start doing I wouldn't say the sounds, but I'm doing that just for radio. And I'd start doing that. And if they say something, I'd say, "Well, I was just playing a little vi sad violin music for you, well, you know." So with your with your story, hey, by the way, would you like a little wine? Would you like a little cheese with that wine? You know, as they go on. And then I would remind them, where the fuck is it? There it is. <laughs> Sorry, I dropped an f bomb. I would remind them <clears throat> because I don't think either of them have actually read the Constitution. When it comes to the First Amendment, I would I would remind them that uh, that it goes like this: Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free practice thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's the First Amendment. That's our freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Free to assemble peacefully, you know. That's that's it. Free press, un unhindered by government, right? And they're whining about Twitter, you know, not being free free freedom of speech. But note the first word of of the of the amendment. It's Congress, not Twitter, not Facebook, not Snapchat, not TikTok, not uh, Instagram. Uh, you know, not, uh, what is it? Did I say Snapchat? Not them. Not even MySpace. Not Truth Social. Yeah, Fearless Losers. Twitter knockoff. Because he got booted off of Twitter, so he came up with a Twitter knockoff where people send out truths. The only thing is, there's a rule in Truth Social, I think I'm correct in this, that you can't take on Dear Leader. You can't go on there and say, all right, everybody, can we finally admit that the 2020 election wasn't stolen and that President Trump lost by 7 million votes and he lost the Electoral College by the same number that Hillary Clinton lost the Electoral College to him in 2016? Can we finally just admit that there was nothing? That will get you taken off of True Social. 
<coughs> uh, excuse me. Always by the end of the show, my throat is so dry. <laughs> anyway, I would have loved to have done something like that. And I think one of the one of the Democrats on the committee did toward the end there remind everybody that the First Amendment pertains to Congress. I'm gonna have a sip. Mmm, -mm, that's some good Dr. Pepper Zero. That's what I have, right? Yeah. All right, before I get out of here, let's talk about a cool thing. You may have noticed that the bumpers I've been playing when I go to break and come out of break, that's what we call the little bit of music that plays into break and out of break. We call it a bumper. I guess that's what they call it in radio. That's what I call it anyway on Dimland Radio. You may have noticed that all of the songs were by Talking Heads, the band, Talking Heads. And not only were they, you know, by Talking Heads, they were all off the same album. Remain in Light, which came out in, I think, in 1980 or 82, somewhere in there. I'm trying to remember. I think it's 82. One of the greatest albums of the 80s. It's a terrific album. It's one of uh, uh, the maybe Talking Heads best. Maybe. You could argue if you want. It's great. Now, the reason why I decided to do all those bumpers was because my wife and I, last night, went to First Avenue, the legendary Minneapolis uh, music venue, First Avenue, you know, made famous, uh, world famous by Prince film uh, Purple Rain. It still exists. It's still there. Still booking live acts. Uh, they they had uh, the show last night that we went to see was um, uh, Jerry Harrison and Adrian Ballou. Uh, they're touring the what they're calling the the Remain in Light tour. Um, they play Talking Heads tunes. And uh, Jerry Harrison was one of the members of the original Talking Heads. Adrian Ballou uh, was a sort of a member of the Talking Heads, never officially, but he would be the other, in, in with the uh, additional musicians, he would be one of them. Uh, he does, you know, so he's featured on uh, several of their albums, I think. Anyway, so the two of them decided that I think it's the 40th anniversary or nearbouts of the of that album's release, and they decided let's do a tour and let's play a bunch of the songs from the album. They played all but three songs there. Uh, the last song that came out of the break here, uh, just for this segment here, uh, that's called "Seen and Not Seen." That was one of the songs they didn't play, but uh, the other songs uh, that I started with uh, "Cross-eyed and Painless," then there was "Born Under Punches," "The Heat Goes On." Uh, and then Houses in Motion, those three songs were played. They're great. It's just, it was really fun. Uh, there was a band that opened for them called Cool, Cool, Cool. You know, such a cool band, they had to name it three times or something. Uh, and it, Amy wasn't thrilled with what they played. I thought they were fine. Uh, there was a, one song, so I kind of like this song. And it was, it was, there was like eight people on stage, two women that would sing. Uh, and then there, and they'd play tambourines and other kinds of percussion instruments. And then there'd be there'd be a per percussionist and and a drummer, uh, the two guys there. And there was a, a woman playing bass. There was a guy playing uh, guitar and keyboards. There was another guy playing trumpet and keyboards. And there was another guy playing saxophone and vocals. And it's just, so it's like eight people on stage, and they played for like forty minutes. And I thought, no, not that's not bad. You know, it was okay um, <clears throat> for not knowing any of it. It was not bad. And then, uh, then you know, this big screen comes down over the stage, and I'm watching. We can see behind and see what's the activity on the stage. And there's nothing. The instruments aren't being taken down, and new ones being put in place. They're not moving anything around. 
some stuff was happening, but it's like, well, they're not really doing much up there. I'm not really doing much. Huh, weird. It's kind of, and Amy says, well, they must all be using the same instruments or something. And says, it's got to be, because there's only one set of drums up there. And then, of course, there's a percussion set. And it's just looking. And then, and then the band comes out. And it, and it turns out, and Amy was the one that pointed it out, because they, they, the, the, at least the two women that were leading the, the Cool, Cool, Cool band, they had changed outfits because it was the same band. It was the same group, same musicians. Just add in Jerry Harrison and, and Adrian Blue, and they played, and it was great. It was fun. We stood off to the side. I'll put a couple pictures up. They're not going to be great pictures, but it'll get, I try, kept trying to get a picture of, of, of Jerry and Adrian together uh, from where I was, and it was not easy because they keep moving. Would you guys stand still and try to take a picture? <laughs> Anyway, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. So that's the you know the cool thing for this week. Amy and I, you know, go to a concert. Uh, we're going to go to a few this year. Actually, we've got that's the first of the year. We've got another five shows to go to. We're going to go see Built to Spill. We're going to see the New Pornographers. We're going to see uh, uh, the National, and we're taking that road trip out to Colorado to see Duran Duran. So you know, and I'll you know, it's it's what we're going to do. So. <laughs> Uh, it was great. It was a good show. If they come to your town, if Jerry Harrison and Adrian Blue come to your town, uh, if there's a show nearby and, and you like Talking Heads, they do a nice job of the songs. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You could you could do worse. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, that's the end of another Dimland Radio show. I managed to get through it. Uh, just, you know, by the seat of my pants whatever there was some other stuff i didn't get to i'll probably grab onto that next week but uh, remember to be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence it wasn't space aliens it's just some surveillance equipment or whatever this is your host jim dr Jeffrey simmons reminding you all to sleep with lights on check out my show notes at dimland.com just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to dr dim at dimland.com that's d-r-d-i-m at dimland.com and the opening theme song ram is by the Yolius and is used with permission has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.